The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. And next, we're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 are up for grabs over the course of this season. Go to OddsCrowd.com to sign up. And of course, finally, do not forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 in their NFL Week 1 contest exclusively on the SGPN app. So make sure you download that app today in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This would be uh, monumental episode number 69. We made it to 69, and obviously I have to dedicate it to uh, Billy Madison, of course. reading his fun books to page 69. 69. How was that? Uh, pretty high tech of me holding my phone up to, this, uh, to the mic. I hope that uh, that sounds really amazing to all of you out there. Um, so, yeah, uh, guess what? I'm back, suckers. Jeff Fox is back on the mic. Um, after what three episodes off there, um, I promise I'll never abandon you again and leave you with those pale imitations of myself that hosted the, the podcast while I was away. Um, but in all seriousness, as a comedian, I do have to um, thank them for for filling in and doing a, a wonderful job and only bury me the first few minutes of every show, not the whole show, which is uh, appreciated. Um, so yeah, if this is the first time you're listening, this is um this is the MMA Gambling Podcast, and we talk about MMA and gambling, and usually we veer off into strange strange passageways, strange uh, topics, because the host of the show is a weirdo, and the co-host is I thought he's a normal guy, but it seems every episode a little bit more sneaks out from his past, and he I think he's a weird dude too, in a good way. But uh, who knows what we'll uh, what we'll learn from him this week? Um, we do talk about MMA though, so don't worry about that. Maybe I'll introduce my uh, my co-host who hopefully um, he's not uh, he's not too upset about being uh, demoted back down to associate host and not being able to um, do the cold open and and uh, and run the, run the show. Um, he only has two other podcasts that he can do that on, so I, I'm sure he doesn't mind taking the back seat on this one. He actually gets to talk more, I think, this way anyhow with me hosting it. Um, what can I tell you about him? The past what three weeks, maybe even four weeks, his picks have actually mimicked his um, his appearance, which is blazing, blazing hot. Um, that would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland that I would would be speaking of. Hi, Dan, I'm back. Man, you didn't you you spent all that time away. I assumed mm-hmm. when you were going to come back, it would be like a 20 minute intro with a yeah. 
a bunch of, you know, tongue-in-cheek right. things about how I want to – how you think I want to fight. Who is it that you, you thought I wanted to fight? You did want to fight. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Bartosz Fabinski. Yeah. You came <laughs> right out and said that, you, said that you could beat him. But anyhow, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I expected a long, long intro with you – you know, sneaking a couple of those in there, and I just got no. that I'm attractive and good at picking MMA fights. Uh, you are, see? I guess I'll take it. Well, uh, that, that's my way of thanking you for you and uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, for, for filling in for me um, the past three shows and talking about how much vacation time I take. I really, what, I had like two weeks this year, which is, I used to, when I actually worked and not my wife, I'd have, I, I used to have five weeks of vacation every year. Can you believe that? At my job, yeah, five weeks, crazy. I, I I get uh I get more than that, but that's yeah. built in. It's two and a half months. <laughs> there you go. But we're not going to see what Dan does, but you, you might be able to guess. Uh, he gets um two and a half months, and that's that's his uh his work release when they let him out uh out of jail. And then <laughs> the rest of the time he's back in jail, but they let him record the podcast, which is good. So yeah, you I you're picked up. license plates. <laughs> he he makes license plates for a living. He makes good picks too. You you are blazing hot. Uh, I don't mind saying that because I'm I'm on a good streak myself. But yeah, you know, the, I, uh, I picked Gerald Mearshart. Did you know that? You sure? <laughs> yeah, I heard about <laughs> that. Heard about that in episode 68, I believe. I heard about that. Um, but yeah, you've what? You're 16, 8, 26, and 11 over the last three weeks. That's insane. Not bad. Not bad. And in addition to that, I will say I believe I opened up the money lead further over yes. you. Too. Oh it, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Six hundred. It is yeah, six hundred bucks because you've made about a thousand bucks the last three weeks, Dan, and you're still yeah. doing the show. Crazy. I'm still doing the show. You should retire. <laughs> I'm what sixteen and eight over the last two weeks, uh, twenty three and fourteen over three weeks. But notice I only go back three weeks because if I go back four weeks, Jeff was three and six, Dan was two and seven, so that's that's where <laughs> I, I cut it off. This is a very it's, this is what you do. Um, you, you you make the numbers work work for yourself, so. Um, yeah, and um, and KCP did good with his picks too last week. So we all had a we all had a good week, uh, good week with picks for for that card. So um, yeah, he was eight, could, he was eight and four and eight and four and up a couple hundred bucks. Um, so yeah, he, he yeah. Uh, in his his debut of making picks for SGPN uh, made exactly. Good. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, I questioned coming back, but I thought there wasn't enough. Uh, you guys did go on a few tangents, which was nice to see. It wasn't it wasn't just me that caused that, but I I figured that there needs to be more nonsense, some more uh, Billy Madison um, quotes on the show. Um, Billy Madison, thumbs up for you. Yeah, Billy thumbs Madison, thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, long it, as it's it, early Sandler, I'm I'm fine yes. with early Sandler. You can go Billy Madison. Here's happy my Gilmore. thoughts. Billy Madison, hmm. Happy Gilmore. I'm actually okay with the Waterboy. I know people aren't gonna like yeah, that, thing, right. but but it's all right. And then yeah. Big Daddy for me is an absolute home run. I think Big Daddy yes, is the best Big thing he ever did. Yeah. Um, and then funny, after funny. that, yeah, I wedding singers. Wedding singers are right. Oh, wedding but, singers. You know. Wedding singers. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll grant wedding singers. But, but like yeah. Little Nicky, get out of here with Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Yeah, Nicky's I don't even know if I saw that. I definitely yeah. have seen it probably too much because like <laughs> yeah. when I didn't didn't have like a DVD player when I was like a poor fresh out of college kid, I watched a lot of Spike TV, uh, which is yes. obviously why why I'm qualified to run this podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, you but, run it now, do you? Oh, uh, I run the editing at least. Listen um, to this guy. Go ahead. But but uh, I, I ran it for three weeks or three episodes. Um, <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, like Little Nicky is on Spike TV an exorbitant amount of times in the it's true. I remember 2000s. that. Now. <laughs> yes, 
I do remember that. I do remember that. So, um, other than that, what I, I guess there's a few news items we can touch on before we uh, before we kick off the serious part of the show. I'm going to see how many if I can get any oofs out of Dan or any. Uh, <laughs> no, no comments out of Dan, but I I got um, New York Times sends me uh, like breaking news uh, emails. So I got one in my, in my inbox just sh- shortly ago, and it said Joe Rogan got COVID, <laughs> and. My reaction to that was, "What took COVID so long, Dan?" Yeah, I uh, no oof. And maybe, maybe this is a no comment one. It's probably yeah. not an oof one because I mean, like, it would be oof if I was surprised or if this was a while ago when there weren't ways to at least limit your <laughs> chances of getting COVID. But uh, you know, if it was last March and he got it, I'd oof maybe and feel bad for him. But in this case, I just. Uh, Man, I hope he takes as much horse to wormer as he possibly can. <laughs> bro, bro, he only got sick for you. He only felt bad one day, bro, and then, now he's better. So, bro science wins, I take it. So, Or, or horse, I, horse to wormer, I guess. Hmm. This is not an advertisement for horse to wormer, but. Uh, yes, whatever, whatever. I didn't pay attention to. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I just know he said dumb things. I, I don't pay attention to actually what he said about it. So, because I don't take my medical advice from. Joe Rogan, and I suggest that maybe you should stop too, Dan, because I I know usually you take all your medical advice from from uh, Joe Rogan and the bro science, but um, maybe maybe it's time to stop. So um, anyway, I don't want anyone to be sick, so I'm not sharing that. But I just think if I was COVID, I would take a long hard look in the mirror and ask myself, really, it took me a year and a half to get Joe Rogan. Like, what am I doing with my life? Maybe it's time to stop. So. That's basically what I would say. Um, what else did I see? I saw who Sajara Eubank started a, a nice um, Twitter war because she got mad that Amtrak was trying to make her wear a mask. Can you imagine that? And, that, and she said, one, she said, and she, this one's going to be a no comment and an oof. And she said it's it, it, uh, it's uh, reminiscent of um, segregation. Yeah, that's the wear a mask. oof. That's, that's oof. an oof. <laughs> I'm, Cana- I'm Canadian, so this stuff. Even though someone I went grocery shopping the other day and the dude was walking around with no mask on, which is a very rare thing to see. But anyhow, um, I, I don't think there's any real important news stories other than those silly ones. Um, oh no, no no you got you got Charles Oliveira and Dustin oh, yeah, Poirier officially those two officially signed on the line. That is I'm glad about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little worried. I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried that Dustin Poirier was going to go looking for another money fight, and it, not because mm-hmm. I. I disrespect Dustin Poirier, or I think the the fact that he went after one with Conor McGregor was like indicative of his style of what he looks for in a fight. But you know, like he, leaving that fight, he was shit talking Nate Diaz a little bit on social media. There was like some talk with Colby Covington, or at least Colby Covington was talking about it. I guess I guess Poirier never was chasing that fight; just Covington was. Um, there seemed to be some Jorge Masvidal pretend beef or something like like. It, it seemed like he was trying to line up something where he got paid a lot again, and eventually he just right. decided the title shot was what got him paid best. So uh, I'm happy about that because that's a fight I've really wanted to see. Right. Plus, it's you, you want to see the best guys fight fight for the belt, not not fight and throw off like uh, um, carny circus type fights. You you want the best guys fighting fight for the belt and. Dustin Poirier arguably is is the best lightweight in the world, so you, you this kind of kind of restores order, um, at least in that weight class, I, I would say. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's, you're going to get to see the two best guys in the division fight each other. Yep. And uh, not not much more to say other than that. And I'm glad it happened. 
and a good style matchup too. Very interesting. It, basically, anybody against um, against uh, Dobronx is is an interesting style matchup if you ask me. Yeah, that, especially that's true. Now that like, starching people. Yeah, there, there's really nobody who I can think of against Charles Oliveira where I'm like, okay, I 100% know that fight would play out this way because I, I don't think Charles Oliveira knows how he even wants fights to play out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he just goes in. And, and he plays it by ear in, like, true mixed martial arts fashion, and, and it's fun as hell every single time he does. No uh, no doubt. Um, and then, what, Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling looks like that one's official, too, coming up in, in the fall. Or I'm not sure, actually, when that one is. It's coming up, though, in a few months, but before the end of the year, apparently. So I believe um, it's on the Jan Blankovic versus Glover okay. Teixeira card, which I think is on Fight Island. Right. Um, okay. That but I, right. I will tell you, I am not, I am not as jazzed about Sterling Yan two as I was Sterling Yan one. <laughs> no, but but I, it, it's one another one of those things. It needs to happen for for some order to uh to order to be restored in the in the bantamweight division. So well, regardless of who wins, like even if Sterling wins, that's that's fine. But um, I don't think he will. But even if he wins, but, but got to get this out of the way so there's not a logjam and. and and uh, nature can take its course, and top prospects can go up and fight for the belt, like Sean O'Malley. So, um, <laughs> anything else? Oh, uh, and your favorite fighter, Macy Barber, has got another fight booked against another young fighter, of course, because that's all the UFC does with women's uh, women's flyweight is they book young fighters against each other. She's fighting Montana De La Rosa coming up. Uh, I forgot. I did, totally see, f- I did see that one. I, I do hate that matchmaking again. Like, just yeah, why not? Yeah, keep doing it. Like, and it. I get that neither of them have put together like a three or four fight winning streak, but there really is no reason that like Montana De La Rosa can't fight Jessica High, you know, like or yeah. can't, can't go up and fight somebody like that. Um, you know, like, give her a give her a, somebody in the middle there. Yep. Yeah, that's. But we've talked about that before. But um, they apparently know what they're doing, and we don't. So, you know who else knows what they're doing? We, our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and to receive a special offer, risk-free, a $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Do you miss doing the ad reads in the middle of the show, Dan? No, you're no. you're better at those. <laughs> I, I got them at the beginning uh, anyway. Oh, thank so. you. Yeah, I got them at the beginning. I'll it's be true. fine. It's true. All right, let's talk about uh, the Contender Series, which is actually going to bail us out next week um, because there's no official UFC next week, but we do have the Contender Series, which I forgot how much I enjoy the Contender Series until I watched it last night. I think a lot of it has to do with it being like a tight two hours and what, four or five fights. Um, I don't need six hours of UFC to to watch and to cover and report on, so it's kind of nice to have uh, just a quick in and out um, in and out fight card. Plus, it's always fun fights because guys and gals that are scratching and clawing for their careers, basically. So, fun night last night. Even though a, a close friend of mine got gypped by the one um, horrible decision that we had on the card. Uh, other than that, um, pretty good uh, fight night. You got takeaways from it? 
Yeah, I, I was really interested to see that he passed out a contract to a losing fighter. I think we've been talking about that yeah. for seasons now. Um, and I know the last time we were talking about it was with a flyweight fighter, too. I can't quite remember who it was. Um, but there was a, a flyweight fighter uh, last year who was on the Contender Series that they were like, oh, they look really good in a loss. They might give him a shot. And then, again, a flyweight this time in Carlos Candelario, who, who won the fight. Yeah, who I, I think I think won the fight think, anyway. Yeah, and I, but yeah, I'll say this. Yeah. Here's the really weird thing about uh, – like, his story is so interesting, and it's even weirder when you take that story into consideration that, like, he got the contract – because he was on the Contender Series in in 2017. Did you know that he fought Ronaldo Candido? Yep. Yes. And he, yeah. He won. A, he won a unanimous decision over. Looked great doing it. Uh, they didn't offer him a contract. And after that, got hurt a couple of times, <laughs> but didn't fight for four years. Yep. Uh, and then he fought like three weeks ago. Yes. And won. And was like, hey, this is not yep. so bad. And then they invited him back on short notice. I can do this. The contender series. It's crazy. Like it that that's yep. It's it's like a very weird run for him. And like I'm glad it paid off because clearly, like to take that time off, it seemed like he might be retired. Uh, it's just like a great story. He's also probably yeah. going to be one of the oldest flyweights in the UFC too because he's he's already. He, I mean, he's he's 30, but like. That division is mostly young guns, right? Like, they're, they're not yeah. a whole lot of old dudes in that division. They got rid of most of them, basically, back when it looked like – back in the great purge of, what was that, 2018 or whatever? Yeah, the, when it the, Dustin, like or, the Dustin Ortiz purge. Yeah, like, back when it looked like they were getting rid of the, the division. But yeah. that's, that's the guy yeah. who they got rid of. It was Dustin Ortiz and a whole bunch of guys who kind of felt like Dustin Ortiz. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, Candelaria, EO, like you said um, – I think he won the fight. I'm sure people who had money on him think he won the fight, right? Certain people who may have had money on him. Um, yeah, I, th- I think people might think that, although I will say uh, it's it's certainly less painful when it's part of a parlay where you also lost the other half of it as well. Um, there, you there you go. Yeah. <laughs> not, not naming names. Not naming names, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that was um, – he clearly won the first two rounds, if you ask me. Uh, clearly lost the last round, though. Um, he really gassed out, so – and yeah, both those guys got contracts. Victor Altamirano and Carlos Candelario. Um, Candelario um, got the O out of his record, though he's eight and one now after that loss. So they got right. Um, they got a contract. Night started off uh, with fireworks. AJ Fletcher won via flying knee and punches. Basically, if if flying is in the description of your victory, you're pretty much guaranteed a contract. I say any anything with flying in it, you, Dana White's going to sign you. Yeah, I agree with that. But it was a it was a good performance before that. Dude. Oh yeah, like he, he looked yep. good. Um, granted, it was only two and a half minutes, so who knows how how good? But he he was looking like he was well in control of the fight. Plus, yep. he, he's a guy who trains out of Gladiators Academy, right? Which is one of the yep. gyms that Dustin Poirier trains out of, which or used to train out of way back in the day right. when he was still training in New Orleans with yep. crazy Tim Crater and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, that probably doesn't hurt his chances either. No, and he and he's built, and he used to play he used to play a billion different sports. Yeah, he looked like the complete package in there. It was only a couple minutes, but striking, wrestling, he basically had it all going on there. So he got a contract starting off, and then the two flyweights got their contracts, which I was hoping when I was watching the fight, I'm thinking oh, maybe they'll give him a contract anyhow. But you never know um, with, with Uncle Dana. And then uh, Joe Anderson Brito uh, 
cheated but won because that's basically this fight card every had every, basically everything that that uh, you look for in MMA. You had a a guy, you had a, a questionable judge's de- decision. You had a guy repeatedly poke a guy in the eye, but but still win. You, you basically had it all. You had flying knees. Um, you had everything, but uh, Brito was clearly the better fighter than Diego Lopez in that fight, and then he um, ended up winning a te- technical decision after uh, poking him in the eye, and Lopez cannot continue, but um, Brito, Brito looked very good in that fight. Yeah, yeah, I thought he looked good. And, um, Somebody's salty. Listen to you. Well, Somebody's yeah, <laughs> I, I actually do like Lopes, too, because I, I watched yeah. a little bit of him back when he was on um, – what was it? The Mexican promotion Lux Fight Series, L-U-X. Um, and he, like, was their, like, hot prospect. Um, so he, I, I had seen some of him. I had never seen Joe Anderson Brito, but I, I had read a little bit about him. Um, Sean Bitters does a whole bunch of prospect pieces, and it, it covered him a couple of times. But that um, that Diego Lopes had beaten a bunch of UFC vets, like three or four of them right in a row um, on in that Lux Fight Series. So I, I was high on him, so it was kind of a shame to see him look – I mean, he didn't look bad, but not definitely not no. as good as I thought he could. No. Then the main event, it was pretty clear heading in whoever won this fight was going to get a contract because they're both, like, massive uh, light heavyweights. Um, Azamat Mirzakhanov, who my son said, hey, that's you on TV. So I think because he has a bald spot, I think that's I think he was de- – it was a dig at me for because uh, I have a bald spot, I guess. But he, he looked very good, um, TKO and Matias Shuffle. Um, blasted him with punches three minutes in um like i said both um i don't know how good shuffle is he, he looks like a fighter um i don't know he's what 14 to 7 now so maybe he's not ufc caliber but um or Zakhanov looks like he definitely is he's 10 and 0 now at this point yeah and he won that one night tournament for brave cf too way back when which i'm pretty sure was open weight um and had some right. like goofy like hundred pound gold belt uh that you won if you won that fight so he's he fought some pretty good people in that including i believe a ufc vet but i'm blanking on which one um and he also has a a quick ko over uh ranked middleweight andre muniz i know which is so he's uh he's had some high level competition in those 10 fights too yeah so anyhow uh fun fight night um good stuff and they'll be running how many weeks are they doing this you know, ten. Another another ten ten, nice. ten week run, which is uh and, and not all of them are filled out. I'm kinda hoping some of those guys from the Ultimate Fighter make their way onto there. But uh Right. Yeah. It's another full ten weeks, which is always good. So which I figure going forward, since a lot of people in the SGPN Slack, um if you aren't in that yet, make sure um if you're listening, make sure you get into our Slack channel. It's lots of fun. And the fight the actual fight board or channel or whatever it's called. I'm old. I don't know what it's called, but any other, the fight um, channel in there, lots of, lots of talk, lots of people talking last night and betting on the, on the contender series fight. So I said in there, we better start covering it on the podcast thing. Cause obviously the, the degenerates out there are, are uh, interested in it. So I'm thinking Sundays we'll, we can do a preview of the upcoming Tuesday night fights, you know, give it Dan probably will know every single person fighting on the card. He's probably watched every <laughs> one of their fights. Um, even though he just admitted to not watching someone's fights before, which is strange, but um, we'll have the intel and hopefully we can get you some some best bets, and then we can do recaps on our Wednesday show, which will uh, it works out well. So thank you UFC for putting this on. It um, it gives us the content we need, we crave. Yeah, and it's fun yeah. to watch. I, I enjoy watching it. 
uh, maybe like I said, because it's fast. I'm not into the six hour stuff with a whole bunch of fluff, but um, you know, it's fun to watch. So, um, but we do have a fight card to break down, so we probably should be getting to that. Um, I probably should tell you about one another one of our sponsors first, if I can actually find my ad page here. Here it is. Let me tell you about a sponsor, then we'll get into our Bronson versus Till. Let's tell you about how about Prop Swap. Uh, we're brought to you by Prop Swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And thank you for being on our team here, PropSwap. Let's tell you about PicksWise, too, while we're at it. Why not? It's right in front of me. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We got a fight card before the UFC takes an, another rare week off. I think it, maybe there is next week the last. It might be the last week they have off of the whole year, possibly. Um, I, I think there's like five shows in October, which is like every week in October. I think they're like, they're really cramming them in now. So this may, uh, next week may be the, uh, the last week that we have a, an off week. But anyhow, this week we got UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Taylor, aka UFC Vegas 36, aka UFC Fight Night 191, aka UFC and ESPN Plus 49. What do you want to call it, Dan? Uh, I always go with the Vegas 36. Absolutely. That's what I do too. So we're going to go with that. Now, originally it was not, it was going to be what, UFC London one or whatever two it was, yeah. supposed to, it, was, it was supposed to be in london which um when we go through the fight card it might make some sense uh to you why there's so many british fighters on the card and so many former cage warrior champions on the card but the plan was to host it in london but uh, it's it fizzled out um with covid protocols and that type of thing so they're going to stay in las vegas in the comfy confines of the UFC Apex, so that would be this Saturday, September 4th, UFC Apex. It is a rare afternoon card, I'm guessing because they probably already had it scheduled in for uh, London time, so I'm guessing that's probably why. Um, but regardless, it is, what, 1.30, I believe? Is that right? Dan, do you know? Can you bail me out here? Is it 1.30 start time? I think it might be. I, I don't know. That that seems early, though. I. All right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check MMA-Manifesto.com, which is an amazing website that you all should go to, um, and make sure at the very least you enter their free pick'em contest. But um, I believe the main the prelims are starting at 1:30 p.m. Eastern, and then the main card is 4 o'clock Eastern, and it's on ESPN Plus only, I believe. I don't think it's on any of the uh, any of the ESPNs. And I am correct as per usual. So, um, and it is only. 10 fights at this point. Um, some fights did fall off. Paul Craig was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafsson. Gustafsson was going to return to light heavyweight, but he's injured. So Paul Craig is without a fight there. Um, you know anything? We, Wikipedia still has Mark 
the uh, Casey versus Rafael Alves listed. Do you, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Do you know anything about that fight? Any info on that? So they still have Mark Casey fighting who? Rafael Alves they have listed as an No, Alves, Alves pulled out of that fight. Okay, all right. And, and pretty then sure, pretty sure Visa issues, no, yeah. Casey not fighting. Right, okay, yes, that would make sense. Yeah, a lot of – we'll go through it, but there's a lot of – Short notice people in here, uh, mostly because of, of these issues, because um, a lot of Europeans were planning on being able to stay home uh, to fight in this card. And then they still, which we also saw as this fight listed, but it's not happening as far as I know. Flyweights, Alex Perez, Matt Schnell, which was supposed to happen, what, last week or a couple weeks ago? Um, they have it listed as happening this week, but I don't see any other any other source saying it's happening, so I don't think that fight is happening either. Am I correct there? So that fight will be happening on December 4th. Wow. It's been rebooked rebooked for December 4th. The precise reason, I'm not sure, but uh, they moved it back. Yeah, so there's quite a, like I said, quite a few changes. Um, A lot of people, we'll we'll go through, we'll go, when we break down the fights, we can let you know who's short notice and whatnot, because... um, as as you know, with the stats I rely on, short notice fighters were at forty percent success rate for short notice fighters. So I consider that any fighter who has who has less than a month to prepare for a fight, um, and they're the fighter filling in. So they've only won forty percent of the time since twenty start of twenty twenty when I started tracking it. So that is start um, ten fights. Correct? That's what you got too, Dan? Ten fights in your slate? I am looking at exactly ten fights, yes. Okay. Let's do it. See, I like that. Ten fights. I'm sure they're going to drag it out and make it six hours still, but uh, that's fine. Ten fights is good. I can. Fifteen fights is kind of pushing it. Ten yeah, fights yeah. Fif- fifteen, fifteen fights is too many. I, I, yeah. like to live, I like to live right around 12 or 13. That's usually my sweet spot. Yep. So ten fights. I was thinking this is a – it's a – chalky card for me but then uh, then again now that i'm thinking it's only 10 fights really only three or four dogs statistically would come through anyhow so i i think i'm right around that range anyhow so let us begin bantamweights jonathan martinez marcelo rojo um do we have nicknames we do jonathan the dragon martinez marcelo pitbull rojo pitbull is way overused so uh the dragon wins uh the nickname game if you ask me yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Also, I'm pretty, sure the, I'm pretty sure the dragon is a new one for him. I don't recall oh, yeah? ever having heard that, and I've seen a lot of Jonathan Martinez fights too. Of course, you have. So maybe he's a Ricky uh, Ricky Steamboat fan, perhaps. You think? Maybe. Although, it, doesn't hmm. doesn't one of his teammates have a? Isn't there an El Guapo on his team too? Yeah, um, there might be. Right, fights with you, which is uh, stealing uh, Boss Rutten. It's true bunch of thieves um rojo let's break him down first uh he's 16 to 7 eight knockouts six submissions he's been subbed himself four times but martinez is not huge submission guy so it probably won't matter here but i'll throw it out there uh he's 0-1 in the ufc he got tko'd he is taking this fight on short notice so he's one of our short notice guys he's got an inch of reach he's a more active striker meaning he lands more strikes on average um per minute than uh, martinez does uh, grappling stats also in his favor. Um, all the stats I refer to are from fightmetric.com or ufcstats.com is what it's called now. Um, but these are a uh, very small sample size because we're talking one fight for Rojo in the UFC. But regardless, he does have um, active striking and grappling stats in favor, plus 128 on the board. Martinez, 13 and 4, 7 knockouts, 2 submissions, 4 and 3 in the UFC. He's two and one over his last three. Uh, he did get knocked out in his last fight, though. 
Uh, he's missed weight in the past because he used to fight at featherweight, and this is down at bantamweight, and he has had trouble in the past uh, making the 135-pound weight limit. Uh, this is at middleweight, is it not? Yes, at bantamweight, I'm sorry. Um, what else can I tell you? He's six years younger than Rojo. He's got the striking stats in his favor. Minus 160. I will be backing the dragon in the nickname game and in the cage. Yeah, I'm going to be taking Jonathan Martinez in this one, too. Um, while, while I think Rojo is an interesting dog here, because if you did watch that first fight of his, he moves forward sort of recklessly in a way that I, I think is going to give people a lot of trouble in the long run. It didn't give Charles Jordan trouble, but that's mostly because Charles Jordan can can somehow just fight himself into a little bit more of a technical version of the fight. And then when he did engage in the firefight, Jordan was the one landing. But I think him getting in people's face can tire some people out. I just don't think Jonathan Martinez is that type of person. He fights with a very smart game plan. He, he sticks and moves. He gets out of there. He doesn't stay in extended exchanges if he's not winning them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Jonathan Martinez is probably just going to pick away at him from the outside and kind of uh, circle away from that pressure, which sometimes is a little bit more chasing than it is cutting off the cage for Rojo. So, yeah, I, I think Rojo is, is kind of a fun one to watch, um, but I don't like the way that they matched him up with somebody who, who seems to have the right kind of style to beat him here. Martinez is the pick. We uh, both agree, and we are both on heaters, so you got to take Martinez here. Um, Move to middleweights. Dolce Lugamiambala. Lugamiambala. Lugiambula. Lugiambula. There we go. Lugiambula. Lugiambula versus Mark Andre Barriol. I can say the Canadian guy's name, of course. Um, now, this is a Canadian. Canadians do screw us over on this podcast. I got to throw that out there. Um, Dolce is champion, and Barreau is power bar. <laughs> I don't know. Power bar is kind of goofy, so I'm going to go with power bar. I love I love Power Bar because I have no idea. Is it because his last name is Barrio? I that, guess that, I don't know. Have that, you interviewed that, him before, Dan? I have never interviewed him before. I have interviewed Jonathan Martinez though, and we just both Ooh. picked him. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Um, have you interviewed Dolce though? I have not interviewed Dolce. Okay. Uh, right. so but this uh, one is... I I do I do like Power Bar better. The yes. Dolce champion is. It's fun because he used to be a champion, but he, he's not really anymore. He's not, no, he's definitely not anymore. Not at this point. Uh, he is 11-2 as a pro, though, which is nothing to see that. Five knockouts, one submission. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He has swapped wins and losses back and forth. Won his debut, lost his next fight, won his uh, most recent fight. He is a former heavyweight. This one is down at light heavyweight. Uh, he's got two inches of reach. Uh, grappling stats in the saver, plus 125. Mario, who I just read an amazing article on, on MMA-Manifesto.com, um, expertly edited. Writer's kind of eh, but it, it was edited really good. 12-4, um, one no contest. You're not going to laugh at that at all? I, I, no, I, I, that, no, I gave it a little chuckle. It just might not have been detectable. Sorry. 12-4, sorry. <laughs> one no contest, nine knockouts. Uh, he's never been finished in a fight himself. He's 1-3, is one no contest in the UFC. He got a TKO win his last fight. Uh, he technically won the fight before that, too, but he failed a drug test. It wasn't for marijuana either. It was for, like, actual performance enhancing things. So he's really on a two-fight TKO streak. Um, but us Canadians are cheaters, so he, he got caught cheating. He's five inches taller, three years younger. Three, he lands three times more strikes than uh, Lugam, 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 Lugi, 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 Lugi,
and he's got better cardio already too. So um, be more active striker and better cardio may add up to win. He's at minus 155. Um, yeah, after I read that article, I'm like, I got to take the Canadian here, even if he's going to screw me over. I got to take him. Yeah, and, and the thing is here is Dalzalugiambula had trouble at tool five with his cardio and then forced yep. himself to cut down to 185. I have no idea how this dude made weight the first time. Well, that's right. This is middleweight. I'm, I'm thinking this is light. Yeah, this is middleweight. He used to fight that's, heavyweight. Yeah. Which is crazy that this dude makes it down that far. But I'll yeah. say this too. In his fight, his last fight, he the cardio didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to down a division. But he's very clearly a guy who's very good in the first round and then starts to wane. And if you look at Barrio's last two fights, he survives early onslaughts from both of those guys he fights. He winds up finishing both, but he winds up immediately looking better at the beginning of the second round because he is really durable and he's got a great gas tank. So, I mean, like, the thing about this fight is it seems like they were like, oh, Dolce Logiambula gets real tired real fast. Let's stick him with the most fucking durable guy we can find and yep. force him to gas himself out again. So yeah, I think it's unfortunately really, really, really rough matchmaking for Dolce. But it, again, if you're going to stick around in the UFC, you have to prove that you're getting better at the things you are. I don't think he got enough better with his cardio here. And I think he probably gets stopped late by Barrio. Yeah, this is a, a bad matchup, a uh, bad matchup for him. Um, and just uh, so you know, uh, Sajara Eubanks is not letting it go. I, another tweet just came out. Uh, <laughs> and stuff, <so>. thank, thank, <laughs> thank God. Yep, she, it's good. MMA is good at MMA, no matter what. All right, before we move on, let me tell you about Prize Picks, a new sponsor. I haven't got to do one of these yet. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more money you can win, up to ten times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. So let me let me give you a breakdown here. For baseball, we'll, we'll pick we'll pick three batters because if if, uh, if we do that, bet twenty bucks, we can win a hundred bucks if if the batters come through. They're all set at one and a half, meaning um, they're going to get more than one hit plus walk. And I'm going to pick guys on my fantasy team. Even though Dan says guys on my fantasy team, I should should not pick, right? I should pick under for no, all you guys. Pick in fantasy. Yeah, you should pick them. You yeah. should just pick the unders. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's harsh, but Dan's ahead of me. So, um, but yeah, I was going to pick. Um, they're they're off the screen now, so fine. I'm gonna I got the oh yeah, the game's already started. All right, I'm gonna take Chris Bryant because I think Chris Bryant looks like Dan. Do you know that? You think you you look at like Chris Bryant a, a little never, bit? I've never gotten Chris Bryant, but yep. I'll take it. He, that's all right. Yeah, he's that's a handsome, handsome guy, and you hit like him, right? No, so I'm, taking, I'm taking Chris Bryant. I'm taking Justin Turner. I'm taking Trey Turner. All over one and a half hits and walks. If that happens in their game tonight, I win a hundred bucks. Simple as that. So. Um, and make sure you use promo code SGP to receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. So that's Prize Picks promo code SGP. It's better to look like him than what whoever my son said it looked like that uh, Eastern <laughs> European baldy for, man. Verzaganov. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving on. Featherweights. The man who stole my nickname, Julian Juicy J Arosa. I am the Juicy J. Or maybe I stole it from him. I can't really remember now, Dan. I, I think it was mine originally, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it had to have been. Had to have been. I wouldn't have stolen it from him a few episodes back. No. Um, uh, he's fighting, oh, oh boy, he's fighting Ludwig. I want to say Shaolin, but he's not. Nope, I don't think he's nope. Wu-Tang that's, that's the wrong. That's Shaolinian. The wrong 
That's the wrong matchup. Oh, Jack yeah. I, 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 jumped, I jumped ahead of myself. Julian Arosa versus Charles Jourdain. Air Jourdain. I skipped a Canadian. Can you believe that? No, this is tough. Another Canadian. Can I really pick two Canadians in a row? Um, let's see, Dan. So we got Air Jourdain, which is kind of funny, versus Juicy J. Arosa. I can't take Juicy J. That's my name. When that juicy, as we pointed out when we originally gave you the Juicy J <laughs> Jeff nickname, it the the nickname just makes you so uncomfortable. Yes, it does. It, it sounds it sounds just like it shouldn't be anybody's nickname. Where does it come from? Have we did we discuss that already? Um, you I, interviewed I, him before, I, right? I did, just... I've interviewed him before, but I don't know where it came from. Well, next time, Dan. Next I'm time on, on it. Your show. I'm on it. <laughs> have you interviewed Jordan? I have not. All right, so there's our pick then. Jordan's the pick, but we'll break it down anyhow. Arosa, twenty-five and nine, eleven knockouts, eleven submissions, which is pretty crazy. He's got that many finishes in uh, of both kinds. Uh, he's been knocked out himself five times. He's three and five in the UFC over three stints, which is pretty crazy too. You don't see guys get three kicks in the can. Um, he's making the most of this most uh, recent one. He is two and one. He did get TKO'd in his last fight though. Um, he also was in the Ultimate Fighter at one point where he's three and one. He's taking this fight on short notice. Um, this is what at featherweight. He used to fight at um, lightweight in the past. Uh, he's got four inches of height, five inches of reach on Air Jordan. He's a more active striker. Better grappling stats, plus 155. Uh, Jordan, I have listed that he's Canadian, um, which is, um, I think, a bad thing probably um, because Canadian, Canadians always screw us over. But anyhow, uh, he'll wear a mask though if you tell him. That, that's, that's for sure. He's 11-3-1 uh, with eight knockouts, three submissions. So all of his fights have ended in a finish. So if you want to pick him, I suggest taking him via finish. Um, and Arosa has been knocked out a bunch of times. So. Um, he's 2-2-1 two, two in the UFC. He got a TKO win his last fight. He also was a former 155-pounder. Uh, he's six years younger, minus 195. What do you think of this one, Dan? I'm I'm actually going to go with the dog on this one. This is going to be my first dog pick. I, I'm going to take... sell me. See if you can sell I'm going to take Juicy J on this one, and, and here's why. I, I think one of the things that Julian Arosa does really well is he pulls people into his kind of brawling, messy fights. Um, whether that person is a brawler or not, he brings you into that. Take uh, Sean Woodson, for example. So he fought Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson's nickname is literally the sniper. He likes to stay away from you and snipe you until he can finish you. And he wound up brawling a little bit too much with Arosa. And the thing about Arosa, great gas tank, quite durable, despite the fact that he did get knocked out pretty damn hard by Sung Woo Choi last time out. But he is pretty durable. So he took some of Sean Woodson's best punches and then was able to tag Sean Woodson late because his cardio is great. He gets in your face. He brawls and he keeps brawling with you. Could Charles Dordain stay away from that the whole time and, and fight a smart fight? He could try, but I'm not sure that it would necessarily go all that well. And also, you know, just as kind of like a little extra piece here, I, I think Julian Arosa's grappling is, is kind of underrated. He did get that Darius Joke finish on uh, on Sean Woodson. If you go back to his time on the Contender Series, he did head kick knockout Jamal Emmers, so he's got power as well. Um, I just think Julian Arosa, with sort of his pace, uh, is going to be too much here for Charles Jordan. Okay, you saw me. I was up in the air on this one, but yeah, I, his grappling, his especially considering he is so active a striker and he's got almost a half a foot of reach on Jordan, that's that's something to um, that's something to think up too. So yeah, uh, 
Let's do it then. It's, it's a good number too, plus 155. So Juicy J, um, make me proud. Make your nickname proud. Um, win us some money. Um, now we'll move on to Bantamweights. Jack Shore versus Ludwig Sholinian. I guess it's not that hard. Did I hit it? Sha- I think it's Shaolinian, but yeah, oh, you're Shao- Shaolinian. Okay. His nickname is Palmieros, I believe. I don't know what that means. It's I don't know if it means something in Ukrainian. He's Ukrainian, is he not? I believe he is Ukrainian, yeah. but I think he trains somewhere else. But uh, I guess that's sort of irrelevant. I guess it's irrelevant. But anyhow, I don't know what it means, but it's a game in Jack Shore's tank. So I don't know. Uh, I'll go with tank, I guess, because I know what a tank is. Yeah, and, and he got that nickname. Uh, oh, no, no, that's Justin Tank Scoggins. There's two oh, yeah, small there's tanks. tanks. Yeah, and exactly. And they're both small guys. It's yeah. true. Let's talk about the newcomer, Cholinian. Uh, he's 9-1-1 with one knockout, three submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. This is his USC debut on short notice. However, he was just in the most recent season of The Ultimate Fighter where he went 1-1. One one. Um, he's won his last four pro fights, but his last official fight was September of 2019, uh, excluding his time in the Tough House. He also was in Bellator in the past where he was 0-1. He's two inches taller than Shore. I don't know his reach. Could not find that anywhere, so I can't give you a breakdown of that. He's at plus 350. Jack Tank Shore is 14-0 with four knockouts, eight submissions, 3-0 in the UFC with two sub-submission wins there. He's a former Cage Warrior champion, which you can hear me say a lot on this card. He also used to fight at Featherweight, but this one is up at... Is this one up at... This one? I'm getting all confused about Bantamweight. I'm sorry. Down at Bantamweight. Um... So he used to fight at a, high, a higher weight class. He is five years younger, minus 500. He's a Uber prospect, so I got I to gotta back the Uber prospect here in Jack Shore. Yeah, I, I think this one's a really easy one, and I can sum it up pretty quickly. Shaolinian and his loss on the or on uh, the Ultimate Fighter was to the eventual winner, Ricky Tercios. Tercios kind of like outscrambled him anytime Shaolinian used his wrestling, which is actually pretty good. He just kind of got either swept or countered or somehow he'd wind up in a worse grappling position. And he's just going to be fighting maybe the best grappling prospect that 135 pounds has. So it's a nightmare matchup for him. I expect him to get subbed too. Yep. And what are your thoughts with Shore? He's he's the real deal, right? He's he's definitely the real deal, yeah. I, yep. I'm pretty pumped on, on Jack Shore. I, I think – you know, like there there are times where he's looked like there might be a little bit of holes in his game, but for his age and what he's doing, like he's he's the real deal, and I think we're going to see it increasingly. So it's too bad we didn't get to see him against Sadner Megamedov, who was his original opponent for this fight, right. um, because that would have been like a really good test to see just how far along he is. But I think he's going to cruise here, and then hopefully we get to see him again soon. Yep. And let's move on to our main event, women's uh, the prelims. That is women's flyweight. Meatball Molly McCann versus Ji-Yeon Kim, who is Fire Fist. Both those nicknames are awesome, but uh, Meatball is is the classic. I got to call it Meatball Molly because... Me- um, Meatball might be one of the best nicknames in oh, all yeah. of MMA. It's one of my yes. favorites. And it's from her time working at Subway. Didn't they? Say, didn't people say she used to smell like meatballs when she yeah, went, to, her, went to practice she, or something, right? She, yeah, she said when she went to practice one time, her coach said, Ah, oh, Molly, you smell like fucking meatballs. <laughs> Amazing. She is a, yeah, she's a, um, she's a fun one, Molly McCann. Uh, uh, she's been on your podcast, right? Yeah, a bunch of times. Uh-oh, a, a bunch of times, too. I'm a big Molly right. McCann fan. I, I, won't, I yes. won't even hide my fandom. I'm, I am a big Molly McCann. Also, oh, yeah, I bet... Great. I bet Jack Shore on my show too. Oh so. right, and he's he's somehow he's survived bet, so far. But 
Yeah. <laughs> Molly McCann has lost two straight though. So, um, cause she's been on Molly. She, she tempted fate and went on more than once on the top turtle podcast. Um, anyhow, let's break it down. Um, this is pretty much a pick em on the board as we speak. Um, uh, meatball Molly is 10 and four with four knockouts, three and three in the UFC. Like I said, she did lose her last two fights. She also has had trouble making weight in the past. Uh, she missed weight at least once. I think just once. She is a former Cage Warriors champion. Um, striking and active striking stats in her favor. Grappling stats in her favor. Minus 110. Fire Fist is 9-3 and three with 9-3-2. and two, So she has two draws on her record. Two knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 3-3 three and three in the UFC as well. Uh, she's Swapped. Uh, she's not three and three in the UFC. She's only has, is she really three and three in the UFC? She's been around, around that sounds, long. I think. That sounds right. Yeah. She's yeah. Been around yeah. For a while. Anyway, some some of these people sneak up on me like, wow, that guy's been around that long. Like another one coming up. Alex Morano has been around forever, and it kind of creeped up on me. Um, she has swapped wins and losses over her last three fights. Loss, win, loss. So her last fight was a loss. She's missed weight twice um, for flyweight. She used to be a 135 pounder. Um, last fight, August 2020. Get, uh, get this, three inches taller, which isn't huge. Ten inches of reach, though. Um, minus 115. What are you thinking of this one? I'm, that reach is, is – I want to pick Molly, but ten inches of reach is kind of scary. Well, it is kind of scary, but except for when you factor in what Yi Jian Kim's worst attribute is, and that's her takedown defense. Um, yep. it's, it's actually pretty terrible. Um, and yep. in addition to, like, the stats being really terrible – if you compare who she's giving up those takedowns to, that's also terrible. Um, you know, like there, there's no doubt that Alexa Grasso's best attribute is her boxing. Yet, yeah, but even she was like, "Hey, I can take Yiji on Kim down just for funsies." Kim's wrestling is not bad when she's on the offensive side of things, but it's really bad when it's on the defensive side of things. And Loki, like Molly McCann, is actually a pretty good wrestler. She, you know, yep. people know her as a boxer, but like. She does wrestle really well. I don't think she's going to have any trouble getting in on the inside. Like, it's not like Yijian Kim has, like, got incredible footwork or does a really good job of working distance. She doesn't even really throw all that many kicks to to try to keep distance that way. I kind of think she's just going to get inside and finish a couple of takedowns and win rounds there. Um, So, yeah, I'm going with Molly McCann here, and I'm actually pretty pumped that these odds are close to even. Good. I feel a lot better with my with my pick then. Yeah. So she's technically a dog here, but but barely. Uh, minus one ten versus minus one fifteen. So with me telling you on a couple picks, we went um, identical on the prelims. Do you have any surprises coming up for the main card that that uh, we may not drive on? What do you think? I think there's probably one or two that we might not agree on. All right, we'll see. Can we agree that Paramount Plus is amazing, though, Dan? Can we agree on It is, because it's, it's the summer of soccer. It is. The summer <laughs> soccer continues at Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, the CONCAFA, Concacaf is it Concafa? It's Concafa. Concacaf. Concacaf. There is there's a Concafa too, is there not? I think you're thinking of Concaso, which is a dip. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) I know what that is. We have Mexican food in in Canada. I know what that is. Um, Anyhow, they have all that. They I don't think they have. I think you have to supply your own Concaso. It features the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national team. It would be Concacaf. Concacaf. Paul Farr, say it again, Dan. Conca calf. Conca calf? 
Yeah. <laughs> Plus, they have much more. No queso. Um, it's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, which I love saying, uh, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. I don't like saying that for some reason. It doesn't. Pulisic, his name doesn't doesn't come off my tongue properly. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. All right, main card. We're not going ad-free people. We got too many amazing sponsors this week, and this is too small of a fight card. So let's do it. Um, now, this may be one of the most highly anticipated debuts we've had in a while. Is it? You think it's still highly anticipated, this person I'm speaking yeah, of? I, I think so, yeah. like It would have been more nothing, a few years ago. I don't know that it no? would have been more a few years ago, but I do know, like, I, I think regardless the way he promotes himself, um, yeah. It, and I don't even mean just, like, talk shit to other people. I just mean, like, he, he does a good job of getting his own name out there all the time. And uh, I I think doing that enough has, would have made his debut successful at any time. I will also say you don't have to worry about the top turtle curse here because both Luigi Vendramini and Patty the Batty Pimblet have both been guests on the Top Turtle podcast sure. at one time or another. And, and of course, we're talking about Vendramini's debut, right? That's what we're talking about? Here, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, actually, he's already been in the UFC. We're talking about Patty the Batty Pimblet, who you probably most well hardcore have heard of him for years and years and years. Big shot over in Europe. Um, so we got Patty the Batty Pimblet versus Luigi the Italian Stallion Benjamini. I also think Pimblet's nickname could be Owen Hart clone. He looks yeah, exactly he does like look, Owen Hart. he does got the he does have the Owen Hart bowl cut, too. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So obviously, the Batty's gonna win the nickname. Um, nickname uh, game here because that's it's iconic already and he's just a young man yeah and, and you also can't steal uh, sylvester stallone's nickname like that <laughs> he's italian stallion <laughs> it's true all right let's go with the italian stallion first he's nine and two with five knockouts four submissions so all of his finishes all of his fights excuse me have come via finish he's only won one of his last or actually he's only won one one of his three ufc fights he's one and two he swapped wins and losses again loss win loss we we seem to come across that very, very often with fighters um, that were breaking down. A lot of people swap wins and losses back and forth. Don't know what's behind that, but hey, I'm just putting it out there. Um, he, he used to be a welchweight. This fight's down at lightweight. He's a year younger than Paddy the Babbly, which, uh, Paddy the Babbly, Paddy the Batty, which you, you would think uh, Pimblet's younger, but Venture Media is a young guy himself. He's at plus 112. Uh, Paddy Pimblet, the pride of Liverpool, uh, along with Molly McCann, the king and queen of, of Liverpool. Um, 16-3, five knockouts, seven submissions. He's won two straight fights, three of his last four. He what? He used to be a double champ in Cage Wars, correct? 145-155? He had both, I believe? I Or just one? I think he just had one. I, okay. I believe so. Because he okay, did lose yeah. He did lose the uh, lightweight. Actually, he lost. He tried for the right, 45. Right, that's, that's what it was, yes. And he lost to um, Nadner Armani. Right, the, who, right. Who eventually got signed by the UFC. Yeah, so he was a lightweight champion, and then he tried for featherweight. That's correct. Um, anyhow, this will be his debut, and it will be at lightweight, up at lightweight. Do you think that's the best weight class for him? I think so. Or does it matter? Or does it really matter? I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I've, I've seen enough of the different uh, versions against, like, high-quality opponents that would give me a real sense. Okay. Um, he's two inches taller than Vendramini. I don't know the reach. For some reason, I can't find Pimlet's reach. He's at minus 140. All right, break it break it down, Dan. 
So, for those who have never seen Paddy Pimblett, his style is pretty straightforward. He, he does have pretty sufficient boxing, uh, gets the job done, but really he does his best work on the ground. Um, and he does really good work both if he is the aggressor on the ground or if he is on his back on the ground um, because then he makes himself the aggressor from there anyway. Uh, really good submission game no matter what. Vendramini, I think, kind of low-key has a really good style matchup here for Pimblet because, um, and I mean that in a bad way for Patty and a good way for Vendramini, because while people aren't talking about Luigi Vendramini a lot, the dude made his pro or his UFC debut at 170 pounds on short notice and fought Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos, uh, who is a, a pretty tough dude, and by all accounts was beating him until he ate a flying knee. Um, he not only was getting some better of the exchanges, but he also held Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos' back for like two or three minutes in the first round. His grappling is pretty good, and also he's pretty good at stuffing takedowns and stuff like that. He can keep it on the feet if he wants, and he throws pretty well. And I think that's part of why I'm actually going to pick the underdog here. I'm going to take wow. Luigi Vendermini. Um, and the reason I'm going to pick him is because I think – while I like Pimblet's grappling, I think Vendramini has the choice if it goes there. And if he says, no, I want to keep this fight standing, I, I think the benefit's his. And even if he does take it to the mat, I mean, like, if Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos, like, you worked your way to his back and you're only a 155-pounder, like, and now you're up against a 145-pounder, I think he can hold his own on the mat with Pimblet even if it does go there. So, you know, I'm going to take Vendramini here. You're you're only doing this because you want Molly McCann to be uh, the the ruler of Liverpool and not Paddy Pimblett, correct? They're best friends. I think they can Mr. probably rule together. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going with Pimblett. I'm I'm buying the hype. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I'm doing whatever else um, there is to say. But um, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I I would have liked Pimblett to come over a few years earlier um, before he caught those owls that he caught. Cause, uh, I'm wondering if it's past his prime already, even though he's a young guy, he's still be his 20th fight already. So not sure about that, but I'm going to pick him regardless. So take that. Well, we finally differed on a fight, so which means I can be at least one fight ahead of Dan um, when we when we do our recap show on the weekend. So let's move on. Light heavyweight, shall we? Uh, Modestus Bukowskis versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. Jr. was added just a few years ago, I believe. He wasn't always junior, was he? professionally. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah, perhaps. Oh God, Dan, yeah, this, I'm stumping you this week. A few, a couple. Yeah, of that's that's one I, I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Wow, this is not like you. This is what happens when I when I take some time off. Dan gets lazy. All right. Um, other of these guys been on your show? Round tree, maybe? No. Uh, but this week you can oh, hear. Here we go. This week you can hear Modestus Bukowskis uh, on the Top Journal MMA podcast. Yeah. Um, so and I've had him on before. I've had him on before yeah. too. He's he's yeah. a super fun guy to listen to talk to. Yeah, that's why he's lost his last two fights. Also, I should <laughs> mention uh, he's the Baltic Gladiator, and Roundtree's the Warhorse. Hmm. I like Baltic Gladiator better, I believe. He once told me that his nickname originally, when he was test running nicknames, was supposed to be uh, the 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 Russian James Bond or like the. Oh, the, yeah, I remember you saying The that. Eastern Bloc James Bond or something <laughs> something terrible like that. And he was like, I don't think it flowed well enough. I was like, yeah, no. yeah right. you're right about that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I would not have picked that as, as the winner. I would have picked Warhorse over that one. So uh, let me tell you about Warhorse first. He's 8-5 with a 1-0 contest, 5 knockouts, 
He's four and five with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost his last two. He's won one of his last four. He was on the Ultimate Fighter where he's two and one. He's at plus 128. Uh, the Baltic Gladiator, 11 and four with eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, so three out of his four losses have come via knockout. He's only won one of his three UFC fights. He won his debut and lost his last two. He is a former Cage Warriors champion. You may have heard that before. Two inches taller, two inches reach, four years younger, the more active striker, minus 160. I will take him. If Roundtree looks like he looked when he fought uh, Eric Anders, then it's a different story, but he's fallen off a cliff again since that fight. So we'll be going with the younger, bigger Buskoskis, the James Bond of this matchup. Yeah, and I'll say this too. is like He, he went out there and got real beat up by Ian Kudalaba right after that Eric Anders fight. And right. like, so, so part of that win against Anders was like, Anders isn't much of a wrestler and he could just keep it standing. Kudalaba like beat the hell out of him after, you know, getting a really nice takedown. And I think now he's a little bit more tentative worrying about those takedowns and it's, it's made him a little gun shy on the feet. And that's, I mean, he lost to Martin Procneo, who, you know, I, I was not high on Martin Procneo. I still continue to not be high on Martin Procneo. If I'm not mistaken, he's Sam Alvey's last win. Um, so it's been a long yeah, time coming. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I, I think Bukowskis is is good enough to take advantage of that tentativeness if it's still there for Roundtree. I also think, uh, you know, he's got the takedowns if he needs to go to it. He, he does strike fairly well. Um, he's had a couple of tough luck losses. I actually thought he won that last fight. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Bukowskis here as well. Yes, we're we're back on the same uh, same page again with that. Um, let's tell you about our last couple sponsors, and then we'll take this baby home. Let's tell you about Odds Crowd. If you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you're missing out. The free roll football contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. Ten thousand dollars for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. Also, weekly one hundred dollars SGPN exclusive contest just for people who have the app downloaded. There's over 30000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us as well. Good luck, though. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tra- tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And while you're downloading apps, download our app if you haven't already, SGPN app. Download and enter for your chance to win our uh, your week one NFL pick contest, and you can win $100,000. I butchered that whole sentence because I don't think it's typed here properly. But anyhow, week one NFL picks, if you win, you win hundred grand from us. How's that? Sound good? Good. And that's coming out of Dan's pay, too. So the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Don't worry, there's only, like, what, two episodes of pay, and then Dan will be back back up, so no problem. Um, So download our app, App Store, Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts. You can uh, listen to our podcast right on there. Um, If you haven't already subscribed to our MMA Gambling Podcast feed, which you should, um, and when you do download the app, make sure you throw a review up there. Sorry, I, I uh, doxed how much you make per episode, 50 grand. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sad that <sighs> no. the world now knows, but I yeah, people it are had, gonna to be, happen, had to happen at some people time. Are, people are going to be hitting you up. Um, all right, let's go with welterweight Alex Morano, who has been around, like I said, a lot longer than, than I remember, versus David Zawada. 
We got Alex the Great White Murano versus David Sagat Zawada. What name do you like better here, Dan? I like well. So I'm Zagat is a Street Fighter Zagat, one, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I'm it's not, not Bob Saget. No, I, Bob Saget I don't think so. I'm, no. so. I'm I'm not a Street Fighter guy. I was a Mortal Kombat guy, so uh, I'm gonna pass on that one and go with the Great White, especially because I think it's a shark reference, but I think it's also uh, he's so freaking pale reference. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a so it's a racist nickname, is what you're saying, Dan? Dan's back in the racist nickname, of course. I, uh, I, I enjoy it on Murano. So. There you go. And, and also, shots fired on um, Street Fighter. Not a Street Fighter fan, eh? That was never a Street Fighter guy. Um, a lot of Mortal Kombat, Super Smash Brothers, a little bit of Tekken. And that was Bay-bality. it. Did you like to do babalities on people? I didn't like Mortal to Kombat? do the babality. It was all about the fatality, and it was mostly just about Jax hitting a whole bunch of uppercuts. That's the guy. Yeah, rip, ripping the heart out. Uh, we used to play Street Fighter 2 a lot also, I believe. I think I remember having tournaments of with my friends um, on night tournaments in Street Fighter 2, but we played both. All right, so we decided we're going to go with uh, – you're going with Great White because uh, for all the wrong reasons, but um, – Let's break it down, shall we? Um, Zawada, one and three in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He's got one inch of height, three inches of reach. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 125. Morono, 19 and seven with one no contest. Six knockouts, six submissions. Eight and four in the UFC with one no contest. He has gone loss, win, loss, win. Uh, another one of those guys that flips him back and forth. He got T- a TKO win in his last fight. He's taking this on short notice. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 155. Uh, I'll go, I'm going to go against his loss win, loss win record. I'm going to go against the short notice, and I'm going to take him in this fight. I think he, he's a better fighter here. Yeah, I think he's a way better fighter here. And if you look at Zawada's record, he, he could he was very close to being 0-4, um, despite the fact that he got a fairly early win on Abu Bakar and Nurmagomedov. I think Nurmagomedov probably wins that fight 10 times out of 11. Uh, he gets a good takedown in the beginning and then just gets real sloppy for like half a second and gets triangle choked. Um, but like that that's his only win so far, and he's been beat up pretty much by everybody else. Um, you know, and I think in a similar way that Murano can, you know, there's some takedowns in there. There's kind of getting pushed up against the cage a lot. Um, and Murano's good at all those things. So yeah, I, I like Murano in this one quite a bit. All right. Moving to heavyweights. I don't think either of these guys are, I, I did the research. I don't think either of them could be qualified as, as hashtag chunky guys. Do you disagree Derby's with that? might be, might be loose chunky. <laughs> loose chunky that's a that's a, well, that's a callback yeah that's a i think that one came from chris Dawkins. he's kind of got a chris Dawkins body yeah yeah it's true and he is the polar bear so with the great white the polar bear we're getting a lot of uh northern type references here and asmanal's got no nickname so obviously polar bear is gonna win um all right we'll go with spivak first he's stepping in here on short notice on this fight he, who was supposed to fight was it Abdurakhimov, who was supposed to fight No, Aspinall. he was supposed no? he was uh Aspinall was supposed to fight um Sergey Pavlovich. Right, 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 right. Okay. This is a step down in competition if you ask me. <laughs> Sergey Spivak. Uh short notice, thirteen and two, which is a good record actually. Five knockouts, six submissions, four and two in the UFC. He's won three straight. Uh, maybe it's not a huge step down in competition. He's two years younger, plus two oh five. Aspinall, who needs a nickname, he's 10-2 and two with eight knockouts, two submissions, 3-0 in the UFC, all of them via finish. He also was a professional boxer for one fight, which he won. He's two inches taller. He's got striking stats. Uh, he's twice as, twice more active on the feet, striking also. He's got the grappling stats. He's at minus 270. You going with Aspinall like I am in this one? 
Yeah, um, I think this one's pretty easy. Also, Aspinall and Alex Morano, both uh, top turtle alumni. Um, oh, man. Yeah, uh, I like Tom Aspinall in this one mostly because of the way that Spivak usually wins fights, um, is that he he likes to kind of play the bully. He likes to look for takedowns, but even if he doesn't get them, he gets you up against the cage, he holds you there, he wears you out, he gets you real tired, um, and then starts to take advantage of it. I just don't see that as being a viable option against Tom Aspinall, right? right? Like, he's not going to hold Tom Aspinall down in any position. Tom Aspinall is a freaking beast, um, and he's just going to power out of those situations, and he's technically proficient as well. I also think Aspinall just has the knockout power at heavyweight to just put just about anybody away, and I kind of think that's exactly what's going to happen to Spivak here. Oh, so you, well, are we are we uh, hinting at a prop here, Dan? A KO prop? I, I don't have the KO prop open right now, but uh, I'll no. put the intern on it and tell you whether or not I like the number. Oh, that's true. It, it does depend on numbers. Um, Aspinall, uh, like I mentioned, he's finished all of his fights. So uh, eight knockouts, two submissions. So if you do like him, as Dan and I do, you may want to take him. The uh, finish, uh, what are your thoughts on him as a as a prospect in the UFC? Uh, I'm pretty – I'm pretty high on him. Um, the, believe it or not, him beating uh, my beloved Andre Arlovsky is sort of one of the things that gave me a lot of extra stock in him. And it's not because he beat Arlovsky, but it's also just how he beat Arlovsky. Um, you know, like I, I know he's a power puncher. He hits really freaking hard, and that's worth something. But worth more to me is when you go in there with somebody who is going to try to, like, pitter-patter fight you from the outside uh, to just bull rush him freaking huge takedown and then rear naked choke that guy um that that's incredible and, and Arlovsky's got good jiu-jitsu too and, and decent wrestling defense so uh, it, it was a little bit of maybe the element of surprise but the fact that he's got that in him too gives me a well-roundedness uh that I think is really impressive and, and probably will carry him quite far there you go uh you heard it from Dan um all right main event Time Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Um, Derek Brunson does not have a nickname. I'm going to call him the Natural because he's got the Natural Butchery hairstyle. I think Butchery was a bit before your time, correct, Dan? It was. Yep. <laughs> All right. Versus uh, Darren the Gorilla Till. So I guess the Gorilla's got a wing because no one else has a nickname. Uh, Brunson doesn't have an official nickname. I mean. All right. Um, we'll go with Brunson first. 22 and seven, 12 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out himself five times. He's 13 and five in the UFC. He's won four straight and six of eight. So he is on a tear at the Red Bull at the age of 37. Um, and of his five UFC, uh, his five UFC losses, listen to the murderers row. He has lost to these are the only people he's lost to in the UFC. The champion is the uh, Adesanya, Jacare Souza, Anderson Silva, Robert Whitaker, Yuel Romero. They're the only people who have beaten him in the UFC. Um, before all this, he was three one in strike force. He's an, got an inch. Uh, he's an inch taller on tail, three inches of reach. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor, plus one forty five. Darren the Gorilla Till, eighteen three and one, ten knockouts, two submissions, six three and one in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four fights, and he did lose his last fight. He last, which was way back in July of 2020. He also, of his three career losses, he has lost to Robert Whittaker, Jorge Masvidal, Tyrone Woodley. So he murders role for him also. He used to fight at uh, welterweight, but he could not make weight there uh, consistently. So he's back. He's up at middleweight now. He's eight years younger than Brunson, minus 185. I'm going to take an underdog in the main event. I like Derek Brunson. Uh, I 
I think he's a better striker. I mean, maybe not better power, but um, better striker. Definitely the better grappler. Um, he's on a tear, and, and you never really know what you're going to get with Darren Taylor, even though he's only lost, like I said, to really good people. He, he seems to be inconsistent. Um, hasn't been in the cage for a while. And I like that plus 145 number, so I'm taking Derek Brunson. And I'm going with you on this one. Oh, um, really? I thought we were going to differ on this one for sure. But, yeah, no, I, I've I've been all over Derek Brunson on this fight because for a couple of reasons. Like you said, he does have the wrestling advantage, but more so than just having the wrestling advantage, I think mixing it up is going to open up his striking. Um, yeah. Whether or not he scores a lot of takedowns or whether or not he spends a lot of time in top control, the fear of that is going to make Darren Till a hesitant Darren Till. Um, and Derek Brunson doesn't usually fall into that hesitant type of fight. I expect him to still move forward and still be landing his offense and kind of trying to push Darren Till a little bit. And over a five-round fight, I really like Derek Brunson. Uh, I, th- I think Derek Brunson has got a far better chance of going five rounds and looking like him, his old self at the end of the fifth than, than Darren Till does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like him a lot. Also, you know, it's worth noting Darren Till has kind of gotten a lot of credit for having decent takedown defense. Jorge Masvidal took him down. Not, 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 not the other way around. Not like Jorge Masvidal stuffed his take. So Jorge Masvidal was like, hey, I've got a good enough takedown here to take down this guy. Uh, and he took him down. So, yeah, like I, I don't really trust Till's takedown defense, and especially when you move him up a weight class against. And I'm going to say this. It might sound controversial at the time, but maybe the best wrestler at 185 pounds in the UFC right now, it, no, might, I, be De- it might be Derek Brunson. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way he controls people, too, on the ground, not just the takedowns, um, the way he controls people uh, on the ground, like I said. Um, yeah, Till's takedown defense, um, his numbers look really good, but then you see a lot of guys just spam takedowns on him. Uh, like, they're they're throwing up. They may take him down four times, but, but they attempt, like, 12 takedowns. So um, it, it helps the numbers uh, that way. But the only thing I worry about here is um, Brunson's age. He's, he is 37. Um, younger fighters tend to beat. The older fighters and somehow Till is is still young, but he's not even in his thirties yet. Um, so I worry about that. And there's something else I was worried about. I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah, it's just the age. And I think there's something else. Maybe there wasn't anything else. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm not worried about anything with Brunson here. I, I think he can, uh, and he probably will grind out like a five five round decision. Um, I don't see Till knocking him out. Uh, I guess Brunson has been knocked out quite a bit, but I, I think he can be safe enough here and he can grind his way uh, to a decision. I'm picking a decision victory for him here. Uh, yeah, I think I probably like a decision victory too. Yeah, there you go. We are on the same page um, there. Uh, most of the, which one? We, uh, Pimblet, Vendramini. Everything is riding on that fight, Dan, uh, for us. Um, all right, props. Did you see the Aspinall prop or not? I did get on the Aspinall prep, uh, plus 120 for him to win by KO. I like that. Um, yep, I probably it. stick. Yeah, I, I think if it comes out to a plus number, I think that that's a, usually a pretty good play. And I'm going to say this, yeah. too. I, I think Marc-Andre Barrio uh, winning by KO as well is a juicy one at plus 220, um, wow. especially if Dolce gets really tired. And we've seen Barrio yeah. pick up two knockout wins in a row, although one got turned into a no contest. He has knocked two people out in a row. So I, I think that's worth noting, and especially with a guy who gets tired. Yeah, I'll yeah, take all of that plus 220. Yeah, because it, it could always be a TKO. That that, that still wins you the money. So yep. um, even if he doesn't spark him out. So, yeah, good pick. And now the degenerates, hashtag degens, always want like crazy parlays to make them some money. Do you have a, a decent parlay that you can 
throw into your machine and give us a decent number for it? Sure. I'm going to take a couple of ones that uh, I like the best to start. So I really do like Modestus Bukowskis. Um, I think he's a good play. I think Tom Aspinall is probably one of the safest plays out there. And as I said, I actually think Derek Brunson is a pretty safe play. Um, so we'll start yeah. with those three. And then um, I'll say let's add, because they like him big and juicy, let's add Molly McCann. <laughs> big and, and juicy, Jay. Uh, so that one's going to give you uh, 10 to 1 odds right there. Um, All right, there you Oscars, go. Tom Aspinall, Derek Brunson, Molly McCann. Beautiful. They like them big and juicy. There we go. We finally got a title for the podcast. Big and, big uh, and, and juicy. Big and juicy. Um, all right. Um, let's do some locks. Uh, is it my turn or your turn to go first? Do you remember? I, I think you've been away. You can you can lock this oh, one Oh, that's first. so sweet. Thank you. Bukoskis, minus 160 versus Roundtree is my lock of the week. I like that. I'm going to go with Marc-Andre Barrio. Um, Canadian. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't have much faith in Dolce Lugiambula, and the more and more I've watched Mark andre Vario, I feel pretty confident in him. I will say I debated Tom Aspinall, but those odds are a little bit high for what I like to do in the uh, the lock column. So let's go with uh, let's go with Mark andre Vario. Beautiful. Um, pretty solid fight card uh, on my MMA site. I run MMA-Manifesto.com where I rank fight cards based on the quality of the fighters on it. This one comes out pretty, it comes out well above average and it's only got 10 fights on it. So it's, it's uh, definitely, uh, definitely the best fight card we've seen in at least a little while, uh, fight night at least. Yeah. On, on paper, I would say that I would say it definitely won't deliver like last week's did last week's delivered in a great way, dude. <laughs> it's true. It is. True. Um, all right. I think we put a bow on this. Um, thank you all for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to our feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. That's where the podcast comes out first. Uh, we go out on the SGPN feed a day or two later. So make sure you subscribe to our feed so you can get us when we're hot and fresh out, out of the oven. Um, make sure you download the app, like we said. Make sure you read all our stuff over at Sports Gambling Podcast. We're still doing our NFL previews, 32 teams, 32 days. Every day we have a new NFL team being previewed on there. Um, Dan's got one coming up tomorrow. What is the Rams you're doing? Is that right? I, br- I broke down the Rams, which is right. uh, not terribly hard to do. They just uh, they they were a good team, and then they got to be a better team, uh, and now go. they should they should be a really good team. <laughs> there you go. So, so Dan will tell you uh, what uh, what are the best bets to make on the team and, and the best players to, to lock in on, on fantasy or players to avoid in fantasy. So make sure you check out that. Plus I'll have my usual MMA columns later on in the week on sports gaming podcast. And if you want our MMA only content, uh, the site I run and Dan writes for MMA-manifesto.com, get in on our pick em contest on there. Uh, SGPN, it actually is still sponsoring it, giving away $50 gift card to anywhere you want in the whole wide world. So, Make sure you get on on that. Um, I think that's all I have to tell you. Uh, I haven't begged for Twitter followers for a while, but I'm I'm creeping up to a thousand. It, uh, it would be it would really be a big deal to my ego if I can get a thousand followers on Twitter. I just want my kids to be proud of me, and maybe that'll do it. Even though I don't think I don't know if Twitter's cool with kids. I don't think it is. Do you know Dan? Is Twitter cool? I, I, don't I have no idea. I have no idea what's cool. Yeah, uh, I'll do. I'll do whatever. That's that's the truest statement he's ever said. He has no idea what's cool. Everybody. Um, I just like I said. I just want my family to be proud of me. So if you can follow me at Twitter, 
and boost my ego. Um, Jeff Fox writer would be my handle. If you want to cover Gumby's got a healthy ego already, but he's Gumby Reeland. He's got a lot of followers as it is, but you can follow him too. If you like it, you can listen to his podcast too. He's got prelim primer where he and a co-host uh, break down all the prelim uh, fights on the UFC card. And then he's got the top turtle MMA podcast where he and shockwave make some picks talk some news and Dan interviews people and usually jinxes them. Who who's getting jinxed this week? You said Buskoskis, Bukoskis is on this week and anybody else? Yes. So first of all, I would like to rebuke the, the <laughs> jinx because this past week I had on Giga Chikante who yeah, he looked all right. wild performance. Uh, I got Brian Battle who won the ultimate yep. fighter. And then I got Andre Petrovsky who picked up a third round TKO. Uh, so three for three this past week. Um, so I'm not drinking anybody, first and foremost. That's true. And second of all, uh, Modestus Bugaskis is on talking about his fight with Khalil Roundtree. And then I have Dustin Jacoby recapping his action against Darren Stewart, who he knocked out last week. Yeah, wow. That's right. You've had him. And wow, that's crazy, Dan. Maybe the jinx is over. Maybe I made it I, all up. I think it's I think oh, I think it's over. I went four for four on that card. That's true. And no one ran into the trees with their cars, and no one had their insides explode and bleed all over the place. So yeah, maybe it is over finally, which is good. This podcast is over finally. Um, make sure you check back in on Sunday. We will have a recap of our picks and of the event, and we will uh, make some picks for the contender series um, coming up next week. There's some names that I, even I recognize on the card coming up. So. Um, should be a good one. Um, I'll take you home. I'll take us home since this is my week back. I am Juicy Jeff. Am I Juicy J or Juicy Jeff? Did we decide on that? I think you're Juicy Jeff. I'm Juicy Jeff Fox. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. And we'll catch you on Sunday. Bye-bye.